good thing about no soap is that you can smell hijackers a mile off. Maybe. We count three war parties. Yeah, well, I got Welcome it. to the Parkway Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. And I'm Byron. And today, we are without Ward. It's just the two of us, Byron. Yeah. Uh, what are we going to do? Virus is aerosolized. What are you talking about? It's going airborne. No go. That's right. No problems. No problems here because we're such expert podcasters. Uh, so we will discuss this week's movie, this episode's movie, Shaun of the Dead. Now, Byron, I ask you, do you remember why we chose this movie? What was our thinking? Oh, what was our thinking? You know, it's been a little while since we've uh, done a Parkway podcast. I think our last one was Castaway, which I think was in That's like right. June or something like that. So it's almost been an yeah, entire well, month. Uh I think we wanted to pick this because I think we just wanted to talk about a f- we, we we needed a co- a comedic movie in in this uh, whole apocalypse type thing. I can't really remember exactly. Do you remember? Well, we are continuing our apocalyptic apocalypse corona lips review uh, retrospective of movies. So yes, it fits into that that category. Um, and it is a funny one. It's it's probably uh, one of the ones that started before we had umpteen zombie movies every single year. Uh, there was Shaun of the Dead, and it was funny. And it's a uh, you know it's a, it's an incredibly well made movie. It has a uh, we'll get to this, but it has a uh, a Rotten Tomatoes rating that's pretty high, and um, and I can see why. So uh, what's Byron? What's your history with the movie Shaun of the Dead? Ah, Shaun of the Dead. I remember this movie came out in, I think it was 2009. Or, 2004. No, it was 2004. Sorry, I'm sorry, 2004. Yep. I'm thinking of, the, I'm thinking of uh, Hot Fuzz, I think. Uh, uh-huh. uh, this, 2004, so as a freshman in college was the first exposure I had to this movie. And uh, I instantly fell in love with this. It was this movie, and then 28 days later... Uh, to me, cemented my uh, love of zombies and zombie films, along with horror films, and just um, also as kind of a side uh, thing uh, that kind of came from this, a side effect, was uh, my love of British-style comedies. Uh, (laughs) It's different, yeah, for sure. It's certainly different, and there's a certain pattern of the comedy that is just slightly off. It's different. I don't know if I can describe it myself, but... I can tell the difference uh, between, say, like an American versus a British style of comedy. And this uh, movie is plumb full of, like, British comedy. And uh, certainly fell in love with that genre of uh, movie, I guess. How about uh, your first experience with this movie? Well, you know, it's funny. I watched this movie in, in, uh, oh boy, I I probably watched it in the theaters. And I know I, I watched it on DVD when it came out. When I went around trying to figure out how I was going to watch, you know, this movie for this recording, I thought, you know, I think I have this on DVD. And so I dug through all of my DVDs and I found it. And it clearly, this is like, this is literally the only movie I own that is clearly pirated because it is <laughs> on, you know, it's a blank d- DVD with some black Sharpie on it that says Shaun of the Dead. I have no idea whose handwriting is on that, 
Uh, for all I know, Byron, it could be yours. I don't know. It, it but, might have um, been. It might have been because, yeah, originally from this, <laughs> I did uh, did ultimately pirate this movie first off, but then I ended up buying it and uh, f- uh, because I loved it so much. And I yeah, don't, I don't uh, somebody, have. I totally got rid of the pirated movies. By the way, I don't think I have any more of those. Yeah, this is this is the only one I have. So I got it a long time ago. It wasn't in college because I was out of college by the time this came out. But it, it feels like this is something I would have watched in college. And I have this last <laughs> this last vestige of a of a piracy of a movie thing. And so anyway, um, yeah, I've I've liked this movie the entire time. But I've probably seen it uh, t- fifteen times, more than ten for sure. Uh, so much so that as I'm watching it for this this reviewing, you know, this recording, I'm like, yeah, uh, I I, I kind of know this is coming, and then oh, this part's so good, I have to stop and just watch it again. And so yeah, it's very very funny. Uh, um, ag- agreed. Uh, a lot of this, t- a lot of my preparation for this movie was to just leave it on in the background and to just kind of keep the internal clock in my head going, like oh, I know this part's coming up, I need to sit and watch this part because I want to talk about this part, and then just sit down and watch it, and then just kind of go back to doing whatever I was doing. Well, uh, yeah, so I'm excited to continue this discussion. But before, you know, like you said, uh, uh, it's been a while. So before we dive into the the details of this movie, what uh, what else have you been watching in the month since we've been out there putting an episode out for our listeners? Uh, months I have been watching. I've actually been preparing for uh, the, I guess, I don't know, sister podcast, the other podcast that we're doing, uh, the Fun V podcast. Uh-huh. I've been watching on the Fun V Network. Ch- huh? Yeah, on the Fun <laughs> on V the Fun Network, v as Network. we're calling it now. Uh, uh-huh. I've been watching a lot of James Bond films and have been, I've actually been reading a lot of the James Bond novels, uh, the ones done by Ian Fleming, just trying to uh, immerse myself more in, the, in that uh, universe. Uh, as far as any other movies that I've been watching, um, not really anything else other than that. And uh, no TV? Uh, let's see. Uh, TV, as far as I've picked up, it's just been Netflix. Um, I've been rewatching some uh, seasons, uh, some TV shows that I finished a long time ago, but just haven't picked them up again. I think I've given them enough time to breathe, and so I thought I'd watch them again. Like a uh, good example is uh, Longmire. I'm going through Longmire again. And, is that the Western? Uh, Yes, the Western, uh, the one on Netflix uh-huh. based in uh, Wyoming. Uh, yeah. And then also that was a more serious show, but uh, another fun one that I've been watching, um, kind of a fun, I don't know, it's a, I enjoy it. Uh, it's difficult to describe, but it's called The Samurai Gourmet, which is on uh, Netflix as well. Hmm. Is that a cooking show or a it, ninja show or a samurai show, I guess? It's kind of, uh, shortest answer, it's all three. It's okay. about the different cuisines of Japanese culture, but it's to- told through the story or through the perspective of a recently retired businessman who embodies um. himself as a samurai in the way of exploring new food. That sounds that sounds okay. incredibly artistic and artsy-fartsy, but it's actually pretty fun. Huh. Oh, yeah, I'll have to check an episode of that out. That's interesting. <clears throat> I, I um, thought it was super fun. Yeah, I, I, uh, in order to fill my twenty-four minute, uh, you know, holes in my schedule during the day, I've been watching episodes of Community, which is a show I've never seen before. Oh. <laughs> you know, that's one I've never seen either. I should probably pick that one up next. It's, uh, it's. I mean, it's pretty good. It's very funny. So I watched it. I think there are seven seasons 
or six seasons. I watched it through the end of season four, and uh, and then I decided that uh, it's one of those shows where <clears throat> pretty much it's over. <laughs> I mean, whatever they're doing now is not what they started doing, so I'm not even going to ruin it by by watching the rest of these episodes. And so that's yeah. uh, that's a recommendation I have if you've never seen it. Oh yeah, I've definitely heard that that there's a distinct uh, drop off point in Community, at least as mm-hmm. far as the TV show. It just just happens. I mean, I mean that can happen in any show, I suppose. Yeah, season five, episode one is is titled "Repilot." <laughs> oh, and so I okay. think just from that alone, you can say like, "Well, they're going to change things up here." So if I liked what I was seeing, maybe I'm not going to like any of this, and that's what I decided. So. Ah, good point. Way to way to end on a high note and don't uh, don't spoil it. Yeah, that's what I thought I was doing. And then another recommendation I have, Byron, I don't know if you've heard of it, but there's a movie on Netflix that dropped two weeks ago, I think, and uh, it's called Palm Springs, and it stars Andy Samberg. Ooh, I, I briefly remember seeing this, like looking at it being advertised on my Netflix, but I mm-hmm. honestly did not click on it and didn't look into it at all. I, I know. So don't. it is. What is it about? It, I don't want to. I don't want it, so I don't want to spoil any part of it for anyone. And if I if I gave you like what it's about, it would it would it would make it not as good an experience. So if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Palm Springs, you need to just turn it on. Don't read the description. Don't watch the trailer. Just turn it on and watch what happens. I promise you, it's worth it. It's got you know Andy Samberg. Okay. And the only thing I'll say, I, I, I'll say this, and, and I don't want to say anything else, but. I feel like Andy Samberg may be setting himself up to be the uh, the Bill Murray of this new generation of movies. I think Ooh, he, he that's, has that. That's a th- those are some <laughs> bold words there, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, you gotta watch it and tell me what you think. Oh, it is... now you've in, now you've got me intrigued. Huh? Yes. All uh, right. I'll, I'll get add it, it to I'll, my okay. list. Uh, uh, let's just say he teams with three other two other scientists. And a, and a for hire person, and they fight ghosts the whole time. <laughs> oh, not really. oh, really? Okay. How about he? <laughs> not just, really. How about he? How about he is a news anchor, and he goes to a different. Uh, he goes to a different town, and he ends up reliving the same day for almost ten thousand years. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? You have to check it out and see. Or it could be that he's. Uh, uh, well, I mean, there's he could be like a really arrogant or not arrogant. I was going to say arrogant golfer, but he could be a grounds crew man on a on a golf course that really just wants to kill a kill a, a groundhog or whatever the yeah. hell the what is or, what is the thing in, in uh or maybe Caddy he's Shack. in an what? actual maybe he's in a zombie film and he just dresses himself like a zombie just to uh fit in and then ends up getting killed yes. because he's a cameo right. character and that could be it that could be it you know who knows so you have to watch this see palm springs it's on netflix so good so good and also the female lead in that whose name i can't remember is really good. So that's uh, that's all I've got for what I've been watching. Do you have any other recommendations, or should we dive on into Shaun of the Dead? Uh, well, I guess one other little side note, I guess, for me is uh, finally broke down and uh, got Disney Plus. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, I don't know why I was holding out, but uh, I ended up just doing it. And uh, so I'll uh, give you give me a couple weeks, and then I can give you an update on how many Disney movies I've actually gone through. The first thing I well, saw in it was one of my favorite uh, first movies I saw on there was one of my favorite yeah. movies and still is probably within my top yeah. five, if not top yeah. 10 is The Rocketeer. So I'm probably going to okay. have that on repeat for a day or so. Yeah. 
Joe Johnston. We talk about him on the Fun V podcast back on the MCU episodes. Yes, we right? do. Yes. Um, uh, and so have you watched Mandalorian then? Are you planning? No, on I it? haven't gotten into that yet. Uh, I was going to kind of okay. wait and I was hoping I was going to I was going to try to wait and use that in the fall time when I don't go uh, mm. when I'm not outside as much. But uh, we'll see. Well, yeah, that is true. Uh, I think though that actually the second season of Mandalorian is going to drop sometime in the fall or early winter this year even. So uh, oh. that will be shocking if it happens. I think it's all shot already and and being edited. So I think that you might be able to just like binge the whole first and second season. So that could be good for you. That's kind of what I'm hoping for is that I'll just wait for it all to release and then I'll just binge all both seasons sometime in the winter and just be done with it and then just wait. <laughs> Yeah, I hope it continues to be as good as it was. So, uh, I will dive into. Let's do the cast, the numbers of of Shaun of the Dead. This is very easy to do the cast because it is just really five people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> five people. I mean, there are many people in this movie, but it doesn't really matter who they are because you have Shaun played by Simon Pegg, Liz, his ex girlfriend played by Kate Ashfield, Nick Frost plays Ed. The, the the fantastic friend I think uh, Lucy Davis plays Diane Lucy Davis uh, from the British version of The Office Byron that's probably right up your British comedy alley huh yep I remember her yeah she played Don Tinsley the Pam Beasley of the <laughs> of the group and uh, and then Dylan Moran 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 plays David so David Diane Ed Liz and Sean that's the apocalypse team right there. Uh, they are, they are. They need to go up against uh, what's happening. So, the uh, this film was directed by Edgar Wright, who, of course, we know does the did the Cornetto trilogy, which this is part of. Uh, Hot Fuzz, two thousand seven. Ah, it was Byron. seven. My mistake. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, twenty ten. Then World's End completed the trilogy, uh, uh, twenty thirteen. And then Baby Driver. Have you seen Baby Driver? No, but I've heard it's um I've heard it's really 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 good. Uh as far okay. as as far I as like not... matching in the music and everything like how this mm. one thing we're going to get into is about how the music and goes into this into this movie, but I think Baby Driver is that on steroids. Okay. Okay. I I think it stars uh Justin Bieber as a driver of Fancy cars. That's my, it's some that's sort my of derogatory. Justin Bieber looking like character. Uh, I don't know <laughs> exactly. if it is exactly Justin Bieber, but yes, he certainly could be mistaken for him. <laughs> yeah, I did not see this movie. I like Edgar Wright films. Uh, I like what I like his writing and directing. Maybe I think he didn't write Baby Driver, but but directed it. So I might need to check out Baby Driver. To me, the name is stupid, and then like just seeing this Justin Bieber kind of look like flying around the screen made me think. Not for me, but you know what? I've seen everything else he's done, so why not check it out? It's an Edgar Wright bank heist film done to a mm. done to a fantastic soundtrack. Mm. Oh well, I'm gonna check it out. It's written by Simon Pegg and and Edgar Wright, so you know uh, Sean's gonna get quite a few lines, good lines in this movie. Oh yeah, as the writer, uh, they only had six million dollars, which you know zombie movies are cheap unless you're gonna blow up cities and stuff. So that's good, and they made they made thirty million, which I I was shocked to see it only made thirty million in two thousand four. I guess I would have expected something closer to a hundred million. 
but yeah, I it must. I think it just <laughs> made more on DVD sales and just word of mouth. I, I don't think, uh, I don't think zombie films at the time were blowing up as uh, easily as they were now. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And this is kind of maybe even you might even call it an independent film. It's you know it's put on by working title productions and so it's not the biggest backing maybe they didn't have a lot of advertising or something or maybe it didn't open in that many screens I, I didn't look that up but to have 30 million feel i mean it's a success because it probably grossed or i mean probably netted like 20 20 million uh yeah. but still 30 million is a low number that's that's so low for for movies we're used to talking about <laughs> yeah well let's just put it in perspective if Shaun of the dead was the third movie in the cornetto trilogy it probably would have made a hundred million dollars like we thought just because you would yeah. have you would have known how good Edgar Wright movies are, right? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, he didn't do much before this, so I mean, he he did some directing of episodes of Spaced, which was the uh, the vehicle that in, in the the TV vehicle that launched uh, Simon Pegg's career in yeah, the UK. Yeah, that's basically where all these people come from. Actually, is right. from the the original show Spaced. Yeah, basically. And apparently, this whole movie was based upon one like B plot of one of the episodes. Where, <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> it was I can't remember who it was. I know I've seen this episode. I've watched a couple episodes of Spaced. And it was one episode where um one of the characters gets so sleep deprived uh while playing Resident Evil, the video game about zombies that he starts mm-hmm. thinking zombies are real and like yeah. apparently people are attacking him. Mhm. So apparently that's where what inspired it. Yeah, uh, well, we should talk a little bit about the Cornetto trilogy once we get through these numbers, because I'm, I'm oh, yeah. curious. We 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 tossed uh, the idea back and forth about doing that as as uh, as a whole trilogy, but we didn't quite conclude on that. So anyway, let's put a put a pin in that, and then uh, so let me just say the tomato meter is ninety two percent. This is one of those where the the audience and the uh, and the critics like this movie equally. Both score. It was within one percent of each other for the audience mm. score and the critic score. Um, so that's yeah. And I think it, it earns it ninety-two percent. Uh, and the IMDb plot summary is simple: a man's uneventful life is disrupted by the zombie apocalypse. Huh. And that with that, that's it. Uh, I think we can wrap it there, Byron. That's uh, that's pretty simple. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> I have nothing else to add to that. There's no way I can uh, plot twist that into being anything more interesting. <laughs> well, that's basically what happens. So why don't you take us away with what you want to discuss first? Uh, well, the first thing I did want to discuss with this was just how well paced this movie is and just how well shot this is. Um, mm-hmm. Like we see so many uh, almost recurring shots and then we get so much good foreshadowing in this movie that um, yes. it really it rewards the viewer for actually paying attention. Uh, one example I ha- uh, I can think of is the walk to his like convenience store that's right next to his house. Yeah, how yep. they do that shot yep. twice, once when it's just normal life, and then the other time when it's the apocalypse. And yep. just the little the attention to detail, how they like, um, for example, they had the same guy uh, asking for change, but now he's a zombie, and like Simon yep. Pegg not even paying attention pushes him away. Uh, the guy who was washing his car and trying to do his best to take care of his car actually had a big hole through it. 
Um, <laughs> just the little things yeah. that uh, imply that there's been massive destruction going on, like the ha- the bloody handprints on the door when he opens it up to uh, get a soda. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but did you like the little... There was like a brief shot of the storekeeper in the background walking towards oh, him, yeah. holding his hand out like he wants change, not like he's in attacking motion, but his palm was facing up. Yeah, so this is the first time watching this movie that I was really, really paying attention, and I noticed that it was the store owner that was in the back in the background walking towards him. <laughs> That's funny you say that. And I thought that that um, what I thought was good about just kind of breaking down that scene. I think it kind of encapsulates that whole movie. Those two she- these two scenes shot uh, side by side is it adds tension. But at the same time, it's able to release that tension just at the perfect time. And then that's where you get a really good laugh, like the whole like him slipping on the floor or um, what else? Him pushing him, pushing the guy away, asking for change. And just the absurdity of the whole situation just kind of makes you laugh at it. And I thought that was a a good way to relieve the stress of, you know, normally a horror or a zombie film would just keep that stress on and would just ratchet it up. But this was able to kind of take you down a couple levels of stress, and then it builds it back up again. Yeah, I, I think I think the main thing to talk about in this movie isn't so much the isn't so much the plot or the characters or anything anything in a normal movie. I think the main thing to talk about is how much of a puzzle this movie is that if you watch it one time and you don't know anything about it, you might like, and you don't care about movies or whatever, these things you might be like, well, that was a funny movie, you know? And then there was some blood and gore, but actually this movie, the whole point of it is like, you're pointing out all of the underlying bits and pieces that are foreshadowing that are, you know, that are uh, symmetrical, like the walk to the store and the walk back, like you said, and it's kind of like it's 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 almost it's very clinical if you look at it like that I, I almost enjoy it less by looking at it like that because it is it's almost it's like an exercise in finding all of the little things that that line up yeah you know it, that's that's what i think so well it, it, that's i guess i'll uh, yeah I'll, maybe i don't know if i'm disagreeing with you but i'll just amplify that it's for me it was rewarding seeing all those little things like here was a director who didn't just sloppily throw an extra in at some at some spot and just throw you know we're gonna throw an extra you know garbage fire here along the background he intentionally placed each piece and that attention to detail at least i for me watching this for reviewing for this podcast i appreciated that uh because you know he rewarded me for paying attention at least i yeah no doubt I mean, no doubt that is why that is why um, the audience and critic score is 92%. I mean, because it is it is not lazy film. It is like an exercise in just how not lazy we can be in making this script come together. And and but but I mean, it's almost over the top. So let's let's go back and forth and see who can run out. And I won't blame you for using the Google. Okay, we will see who can run out of of foreshadowing different little bits of this movie or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, symmetrical things okay. first. Should okay. I start or do you want to start? 
You start. Okay. okay. Uh, Ed says to Pete, or says to uh, Sean about Pete, the other roommate. The next time I see him, he's dead. Uh huh. Yes. Exactly. And the next time he does see and him, that, he is a zombie, and he's, he's dead. dead. Exactly. Right. And I will, I will, I will see you that one, and I will, I will raise you, I'll match you, whatever the poker terms are. That when Sean goes on his walk. His first walk to to pick up some ice cream or whatever at the at the corner store, that kid who's kicking the soccer ball kicks it at Sean or whatever, and Sean looks at him and says, "You're dead." Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. He does. Yeah. So oh. next time, next time he sees that kid, he is dead. Same thing. Uh, let's see. What is the next? What is another good one? Um, oh geez, I can't think of anything right now. Um. All right, I I lose. <laughs> I can't think of anymore. Uh, well, yeah. How many, I, I need to jog okay, my memory. I'll give you. I I'll give you. These. I'll give you a. Um, I'll give you a. Uh, I'll, I'll take your turn here, and I'll give you time to Google it because. Yep, that's what I'm doing. Uh, okay, good. Because here's here's a good one right here, and it's it's this is foreshadowing. It's some. It's very interesting. So, Ed says to uh, to try to comfort Sean when they're in there about what, they, what they're going to do tonight, whatever. And he says, okay, so tomorrow we'll have a Bloody Mary first thing. We'll have a bite at the king's head, couple at the little princess, and stagger back here, bang, back at the bar for shots. Oh, well, you okay. look at that. That's perfect because the person in the person in the garden was named Mary. Exactly. So it was a Bloody Mary in the garden. <laughs> that was the, what they did first thing in the morning, just like he says. And then, and then there's... So I've seen this in multiple places on the internet. So... They, so the next thing that Ed says is a bite at the king's head. And then people say that, well, Sean's stepfather gets bitten on the head and neck, that he's the king of the family as the father. So that's the bite at the king's head, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, they, say, they say, have a couple at the little princess. And then the next thing they do is they visit Liz's apartment. And Liz is, the, you know, is Sean's princess, Right. Yep. And then they say they say stagger back here. And what do they? How do they get back to the to the Winchester? They have to stagger like zombies. <laughs> and, and and the last thing is bang. they're they're at the bar for shots, and then they start shooting. <laughs> all right. I I I feel like such a dunce. I should have prepared for all the foreshadowing. I'm looking at a list right now. How about this? Uh, the quote: "It's not the end of the world." Which exactly. was what which yep. is what uh, Ed says to Sean. Uh, after he gets dumped and they're sitting at the bar, yep. which is the day exactly. before. He's like, and, and, and isn't that isn't that he says that, and then the hand comes up and goes, and it goes boom on the thing. That's yeah. perfect. Uh-huh, uh-huh, exactly. Uh, okay, I'll get you one. Uh, let's see, another good one I like. Oh, so here's a, here's a visual one. So the first time we see um, the the roommate, <laughs> the the whatever Ed calls him, the... I forget what he swears at him for, but so when he sees Pete the first time, uh, Sean sees him. He's in the bathroom and he he's doing something in the mirror, and then he pushes the mirror, and then it's a it's a it's it's normal human Pete in his tie and stuff, giving Sean a stern look about you know he has to do something with Ed. And then the next time we see Sean in the bathroom, he closes that same mirror, and then Pete's silhouette is behind the shower curtain, but in the same part of the mirror, and. And it's and then Sean goes, oh shit, and he oh, realizes yeah. that Pete's still in there, and he has to deal with him, and so yeah, it's like right. okay, visually. Hmm. 
Uh, let me see here. Oh, I found another good one. I didn't even realize this one. I just learned about this one. Um, when they're having, uh, when Sean and Ed are back at the uh, flat after they spent the all night drinking, trying to get over Liz breaking up, and uh, Pete yeah. ends up confronting them about them playing music at four in the morning. Uh, he yeah. says, uh, Pete says a line, uh, you want to live like an animal? Go and live in the shed. And he points it out. To, yeah. Points it out to Ed. And guess what he ends up doing at the end of the movie? He's living in uh, living in uh, Sean's shed. Yep, that's one of the best ones. That's great. I didn't even realize uh, that one. Huh. Yeah. I mean, so so uh, one of my favorite ones is how many times that uh, somebody says to Sean, "You've got red on you." Oh yeah. <laughs> because it's it first starts out because his his red pen is leaking in his pocket and then it you know then the next time it's uh it's blood and a couple different times it's it's the blood that he's been uh, whacking zombies and killing him with so i i love how the characters say that to him it's just such a nonchalant line actually i've got that let me just pull that up right here hold on because i was gonna use that uh for for you but here you go you got red on you <laughs> you got red on you it's yeah. just a British thing to say. We got red on you. You got red on you. <laughs> Which I think is also um, <clears throat> part, uh, we were going to try to talk a little bit about the Cornetto trilogy. This is the first flavor of the Cornetto trilogy. And from what I've been able to research and find out, red is, it's the whole theme of this movie. It's supposed to be the strawberry flavoring of a Cornetto. I don't even know. What, okay, first you have to explain what a cornetto is. I don't even know what that is. Uh, I think a cornetto is like a. Hold on, let me actually. You know what? I don't even know what a cornetto is. You're making me think it's like a Neapolitan ice cream I sandwich. I think it is a Neapolitan strawberry. Oh, I think it is a Neapolitan ice cream. It means little horn in Italian. It is a brand of frozen dessert corn, dessert cone. Excuse me. Uh, hmm. With several variations of the product exist. Uh, so oh, it's okay, just, okay. So it's just like uh, we would call it, like if you've ever had one growing up, uh, a drumstick. Um, yeah, I had one last week. Actually, I had one this weekend at the when the ice cream man drove by. <laughs> so yeah, that's funny. Um, is that so? I know he brings a drumstick home, so I guess I didn't realize. Well, that's what Ed asks for. Is a, a, a cor- does he say cornetto? I'm not sure, but that's what he gets. I think so. Uh, I'm reading here. Uh, comes in a variety of flavors. Mm. There's one called the Cornetto Enigma is made, uh, which consists of cookies and cream, raspberry, and double chocolate flavors. So maybe that's what they're referring to when they're referring to the Mm. uh, different flavors of the Cornetto trilogy. Hmm. So I wonder if I need to pay attention next time I watch Hot Fuzz and uh, World's End if somebody eats a what I would call a. uh, yeah, uh, whatever you call it. Uh, the Cornetto, a drumstick. I, I can tell you, I can tell you, as a matter stick, of fact, yeah. they do in Hot Fuzz. I can't recall. Do they? I can't recall where they do it in World's End, though. Well, what? Uh, so you said this one is red. Which one? What's what color? What flavor is uh, is uh, Hot Fuzz? And the next hot, one, Hot Fuzz. Well, I'd assume it's it's more. Let's see. The primary. Uh, you're quizzing me here. I didn't realize this. Uh, I was going to talk about this. I'd assume it's probably going to be the cookies and cream flavor or maybe it's more of a i don't know it's yellow is the primary color of hot fuzz since it's a lot okay, of explosions and stuff so i would that might be lemon it might be lemon yeah lemon is a cornetto flavor i'm learning 
And then, actually, you know, how many times have you seen World's End? Because I have not seen World's End more than once. Uh, I think only once. Uh, to be honest, I've only seen it once. So I think uh, I actually couldn't I even. To, I, think I couldn't I need even to tell see it you again now. Yeah, I do too. I couldn't even tell you what uh, is it aliens or I don't even know what the hell the thing is going on in in that movie. But anyway, let's move on from Cornetto and get yeah. back to this one because uh, we talked about the uh, that 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 amazing amount of uh, maybe you're getting my point now as as you look at the list that you pulled up on the on the Googles. Uh, there is so much foreshadowing and symmetry that it almost begins to feel like an exercise like wow this is more of a puzzle than it is an actual movie yeah it's like a secret message yeah the, the plot <laughs> the plot of zombies is secondary uh to everything in this totally film. yeah totally it's it's just there's just so many there's so many websites that say oh the top 10 top 9 top 15 uh Shaun of the dead uh foreshadowing or whatever whatever so it's interesting. It's, uh, it, it opens your eyes once you see, read those. You'll never unsee them, that's yeah, for sure. certainly does. And like I said, it, it, the, the, the zombie plot kind of falls away. And, but what I think ends up rising in that vacuum, I guess, has been all the, like, you would call them B-plots in regular films. Uh, they're just kind of like subplots and sub-arcs that end up just getting tied up ni- nice and neatly at the end of films. Um, there's a lot of really good B plots in this film. Something that kind of stuck out to me is uh, just off the top of my head, you've got a guy trying to get his girlfriend or his ex girlfriend back. You have yep. um, a middle or semi middle aged man trying to come to terms that he now has to live a corporate life or has to make a decision on his career. Uh, yep. You also got that same guy trying to come to terms with the fact that he's in conflict with his stepdad or at least he's never gotten over the fact that he has a stepdad yeah it's true yeah uh those are just the three off that i can think of off the top of my head i don't know if you had any more that kind of stuck out to you but i think those are the more interesting ones that uh that was more interesting to me than the entire zombie part (laughs) yeah we have ed's failure to launch he's just you know coasting through life uh so that's from his perspective, or maybe not his perspective, but that's Pete's perspective for sure. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, Liz's perspective that she is just, you know, she, I mean, I guess they're about 29, 30 in this movie. And uh, she's just trying to find a boyfriend who, who is, you know, uh, responsible enough to to think about settling down with. And that's not Sean because he tries to make a, he, he lies to her all the time and doesn't make his... Uh, his 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 anniversary date yeah uh, have you ever had that and, uh, have you ever had that issue before where it's like you've tried to make an anniversary date or you tried to get reservations and it never works yes i've had that have you had that <laughs> yes i have <laughs> it mm-hmm. it's not fun mm-hmm. yeah exactly i know i know that feeling uh and then the last one i can think of which is very minor but it it the amount of screen time it gets is very minor but i think it's presence on the movie is much more weighty than it seems based on its screen time it i think that last one is david clearly wants to be with liz and not diane yes <laughs> and so oh man somehow and that, that that whole character arc influences so much in this movie it, it, yes Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, Agreed I, I tried to find words of how I was going to just say just how much, like, the first, and I know at least the first couple of times just viscerally hating David for how much uh, how much just 
how much he was just an antagonist to Sean the entire time. Yeah, he's that he's that guy who's who's making it hard for Sean to get you know to to smooth things over with his girlfriend. And the reason David's doing it, and his his girlfriend or whoever whoever Diane's supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be his girlfriend. Uh, she is not she is not catching on to the fact that that David is hanging out with with her and her friend because he likes her friend better. <laughs> So yeah, it's a it's a small line, a couple lines in the movie, but it definitely fits. And then he, of course, David meets his end by being, you know, by be going crazy and then being sucked out the window and then having his having his innards uh, torn out, torn out. A super annoying guy, you know. You gotta <laughs> you gotta be annoyed that he is uh, he's making it hard for Sean to uh, to make smooth things over with his girlfriend. And it's all because David David wants his girlfriend. And he's like, why don't you marry her then? Or why don't you go after her if yeah. you love her so and much? What I think is also really good, <laughs> this just goes tipping my hat to the director, Edgar Wright again, is not only does he create such a character that just so much, that I just had so much hate for him, but then you give him such a terrible death, I end up feeling bad for him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think the movie lasts long enough after he dies for me to care that he dies. You know, I think at that point the shit's hit the fan, and I, I assume they're all gonna die, so I just don't care. You know, that's my yeah. Take on I, it. Think I, it plus was, I, I think it was. I think it was right as we noticed Barbara was gonna be turned into a zombie. I think that was kind of the linchpin that everyone you kind of knew that was the first domino, and then everything was gonna fall. Speaking of Barbara getting bit. Um, this kind of, uh, this whole scene, which I think was where they had the whole, where Sean kind of laid out the whole thing and had the final confrontation with David was, this is kind of a, I don't know, a trope in most zombie films is where you have one character, one side character who gets bit, but then ends up hiding it for an inordinate amount of time. And I have to say, this is the first time I've seen that happen where I actually was like cared about the scene. Yeah, yeah. Like, you mean I Barbara when she like, was bit? I'm trying to think yeah. of another good example. Uh, in Dawn of the Dead, the same thing happens. The the new George Romero one, the the newer version. Uh, yes. Something similar happens where a side character right. gets bit, and they're always left with the moral question of, do you kill him right now, or do you wait for him to turn into a zombie, or how do you do uh, that whole thing? Most of the time, I would just be heartless and callous and just say, yep, just shoot him right in the head, or just shoot him right in the back of the head. But this is the first time it actually made me stop and think about it. And like, wait a minute, I can actually see the other (laughs) moral, I can see the other side of this argument. And again, hats off to Edgar Wright for doing that. Yeah. Well, and I think there, we have to, let's just pause for one second, I'll play a clip and then we'll come back. Here we go. Wow. Will you stop it? Yes, we're not going to get anywhere by moaning. Shake out, get nice and limber. Or not. Now, take another look at the way he moves. Remember, very limp. Almost like sleepwalking. Look at the face. It's vacant with a hint of sadness. Drunk, he's lost a bet. Okay, let's try, shall we? Liz. Nice, good vocal work. Okay. Barbara, that's excellent. Huh. <laughs> So that's the scene where where they they're practicing doing their zombie impressions and they just pan over to Barbara 
And because her face is so wrinkly and her stare is so vacant, she thinks yeah. she's actually doing that. So when you started talking about like shooting Barbara, I was like, yeah, because Sean might be thinking, I don't know if this is a zombie. It could be you my know, mom. When I was listening to that clip because we were talking about so much foreshadowing, I was thinking, well, there's just another scene of foreshadowing. Yep. Yes, totally is. Every single one. Uh, and you know what? Even even... Yeah, I'll even go all the way back to the very beginning of the movie. Every single person you see when you hear this music, hold on. Oh, yeah. This music right here. When you hear this music, every single extra that you see on screen will come back later as a full-on zombie uh, in full-on makeup as a major zombie character in the movie. Every single one. Yeah, I it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, I could name, okay, Mary is the cash register person in the beginning. Uh, there's a guy at the bus stop who ends up being the person who's pinned to the tree in that last uh, dialogue clip I played where they're pretending to yeah. be zombies and they're studying him. That's that guy. Uh, every, I mean, everyone as you go through is there in some way and comes back later. So it just, it's yeah, just insane. I heard somewhere, I should probably look this up, but I think it was all of those extras were actually fans of the of the TV show Spaced. Oh, really? So, okay. Here, let me look at that. Yeah, could. Uh, oh, I should actually sense. look up stuff before I just say things on the podcast, shouldn't I? Well, you can do that, or we can just discuss. I can just cover for you and talk uh, about. I don't know what, but uh, you know, yeah, it makes sense that they'd be extras because they didn't really have speaking lines or have to do anything other than act like the undead. So you know, it would just just cast a bunch of people, or maybe not even pay them, just. You know, or give them five hundred bucks and have them walk around in makeup. Uh, yep, that's ac- sure actually true. It. It's from that was uh, something that they did. They intentionally did that. That was fans from uh, Spaced and extras from Spaced. <laughs> wow, yeah, it's just it's just the, everything about this is incredible. Uh, I have, uh, I have I, hold on one second. Here. I have one more. Oh, you know what? This thing that I think we uh, another thing that I think. Uh, we have to discuss and talking about symmetry is this the fact that we have five characters uh that we're following this whole time and at one point approximately in the very middle of this movie they meet themselves there's a symmetric version of themselves it's the doppelganger crew they cross paths with and it's yvonne's crew and yvonne is like the sean of that crew and then every single person behind her is pair for pair, the identical doppelganger, whatever you want to call it, to yes. someone in Sean's crew. And you just wouldn't see that in another movie. It just wouldn't happen. It's just there's no yeah, point it, to it. It's, it's another, just hilarious. It's another, um, it's another example of how this movie is able to kind of take that tension down and not make it too stressful and just kind of make turn it into a comedy again by just having something that absurd go on. Yeah, it it it's it's just constantly like hitting you with the left of horror and gore, and then a right of of comedy, you know, and good times, and then it's like just back and forth, back and forth. Uh, one thing that's funny about that crew, just real quick, is uh, uh, you know, the the man and woman are flip flops. So so Sean is the leader of his crew, and then Yvonne is the leader of her crew, and so then their their boyfriend or ex boyfriend or girlfriend is the second person and for yvonne her second person is martin freeman is it really <laughs> and i can't believe that because martin freeman 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's Bilbo. It's, uh, it's Bilbo. Um, it's um, you know, it's uh, uh, he's Sherlock he's Holmes. Uh, he's Watson. He's uh, Doctor Doctor Watson. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so many he was things a very he's been. Important, uh, and he's actor also, of course, in, from The Office. Um, oh gosh, what was that movie that we watched? That was for. Uh, it was a Christmas movie that we watched for the Parkway. Love Actually. Oh yeah, sir. He yeah. He was uh, he was the porn star in Love Actually. <laughs> And and yeah, I mean, it's like, wow, Martin Freeman's in this. And the funny thing about that is I always, in, in the past, like in that era of movies, say like 2000 to 2010, I always confused Simon Pegg as the main British comedy actor versus Martin Freeman as the main British comedy actor. Oh. I feel like they're interchangeable. Now, not so yeah, much. They kind of grew but apart then, now. Yes. But uh, speaking of Love Actually, I now cannot look at Bill Nighy the same ever again since watching Love Actually. Ah! <laughs> Now, now, yeah. now, Shaun of yeah. the Dead is complete is <laughs> yeah. uh, forever tainted. Now that I know Love actually exists, yeah, because you know Bill Nighy is forever trying to squeeze in that fifth syllable into the third line or whatever he says in Love Actually, and and I, I whenever you watch Bill Nighy, the thing to watch for, and I see this in Love Actually, is if he's doing something with his hands, which he does a lot, he can only um, he can only fully extend his first two fingers his index and middle finger so every time he's like making a rock star move in love actually or when he's trapped in the car as a zombie and he's trying to beat on the windows he oh he has his last two fingers curled over and i always think that is that is so unusual i'm not sure why he does that in I everything never noticed that it's bizarre but that's bill nighy for you yeah i mean even if you watch uh so he's a main a main bad guy in underworld the underworld series of movies and uh same thing. Every time he does something, he points two fingers and curls the other two over, and uh, it's bizarre. But anyway, yeah, you're right. Bill Nye. We didn't even talk about Bill Nye. I could have put him in the in the credits yep, too. He, uh, He's obviously famous. Uh, uh, yeah, de- definitely playing a different role in this film versus, uh, say, Love Actually or in the Underworld series. I mean, playing a different sort of uh, special super supernatural type uh, character. Uh, did you have any more points you wanted to talk about, Matt? Uh, no. I feel like we've uh, we've really picked this one apart much more than I, know, I thought we were uh, going to. Didn't realize I mean, just yeah how job, much I love Byron. to talk Congrats. about this film. Okay. Oh, I do have one more thing. Uh, one more thing because it would be ridiculous not to talk about this in an Edgar Wright film, especially one of his first films. Here, I got to play this clip. Go to Mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! (laughs) So, a couple of things out of that clip. One, Edgar Wright is absolutely famous for... Uh, yeah. doing the cutscenes like that. And and uh, you know it when you see it. And Byron, a long time ago, when you and I covered the first Ant-Man movie on the Fun V podcast, we said, this is That's how you can right. tell Edgar Wright that started right. filming this movie. Because he is very famous for this type <laughs> of jump cut, uh, like foreshadowing, or at least pre-planning. Yeah, it's a patch it all together montage, cut, 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 and show what's going to happen. And so this this movie, I think, is maybe his first big screen attempt at doing it multiple times, and he, you know, he pulls it off. And and then my other thing coming out of that, Byron, is how many times in your life before you had seen this movie had you heard someone say, 
I think we should just grab a pint and well, wait for this whole thing to blow over. I wanted to mention when we saw the middle point of the movie and we see the kind of mirror images of the two protagonists of Yvonne and Sean is um, it's like we're following yeah. the people who are going to fail. It's like most of the movies you end up following the people who go to the military base and go seek help and everything like that. But this is the one where we follow like one of the side characters and what they end up doing. Yes. Okay, that's a good point. That's excellent point. Because also it's just it's just it's not like we're following a hero and he doesn't become a hero. No. There's no hero's journey here. It's just we're following a side character. Yeah, I love it. That's that makes me it's like just it even a, more. Like cuz I mean in a zombie apocalypse there's going to be people who like they develop their own character arc for I guess for lack of a better term as they end up, you know, transforming. I mean, Sean does end up transforming in this movie. Like he ends up kind of realizing that he needs to get a plan and do things uh, a little bit, you know, be a little bit more, uh, what should I say, be a little bit more ordered. But uh, at least for his first part, or at least for this idea, is that I just think it's funny that he's a side character. If you think of him in this whole movie as a side character. Yeah, I think the movie's actually about Yvonne and her team, except the, yeah. the camera never well, followed her. I was her. just thinking that when you were talking about it. Like, what happens if they actually did, like, another side movie or, like, a little document or, I don't know, like a short film of them following Yvonne? Well, it would be just your standard run-of-the-mill basic, uh, for lack of a better word, boring zombie film. Where it's like you know where all the beats are going to hit in the plot point. Where they're going to try to find something and then somebody gets bit and do all this. But no, we were given this where they end up pretending to be zombies to sneak into a bar to grab an old gun which they don't even know works and then just sit in there and drink yeah exactly it would be yeah it wouldn't be this movie That's which I do answer. have to make yeah, I have sure. one more point and then I think I am good uh, speaking of that rifle uh, it's actually a very famous rifle if uh, not that specific one but the style of rifle okay. it's the 1866 Winchester uh, yellow boy lever action rifle which uh, it's actually okay. portrayed you see it actually in two uh, or actually three really famous western films which was the good the bad and the ugly True Grit and an Unforgiven. That's the same rifle that they use in those three movies. So this, I guess, the rifle kind of huh. does have a little bit of heritage in like a shoot 'em up style film. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and that, uh, and they, at some point, they say, uh, I think yeah. it's been decommissioned. Obviously, <laughs> like, no, no, the guy's connected. It's not. It's not. Uh, since you brought up the rifle, I have to ask. Uh, do you think it's a British thing to call rifle rounds shells? Because Ed is adamant that he that that Sean I calls them so. shells. I, uh, <laughs> I have never heard that term really, as far as to describe. I I've heard uh, sometimes you would describe an empty casing as a shell, but then at the same time you just call it an empty casing. So I no, I I don't think I would be a thing. But I mean, this is also the same guy who was adamant that dogs can't look up. Well, they can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is very funny. Uh, okay, the dogs can't look up thing, and then when, when and then the, the recurring thing when Ed goes, yeah. I'm sorry, Sean. And then it yes. slowly dawns on him, it's because he farted. <laughs> Those two are the best uh, little kind of dumbass lines in the thing. 
Uh, yeah. All right, well, let's put it, let's wrap this sucker up and uh, talk about what we got coming up next on our own uh, on the on the Fun V Network of podcasts, Byron. What are we going to be covering next? Oh, over Fun, on v, the Fun podcast. v podcast. I still think we are going to be doing. Uh, by the time of this podcast airing, we're going to be reviewing the Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, I think we just finished with The Man with the Golden Gun, and so yes. now we're going into Roger Moore's uh, third film, which is The Spy Who Loved Me. What do you got going on on your podcast, Matt? Yes. Well, you know, over in the City Slickers Minute, we're still struggling to get through. Uh, we are at minute 86, and uh, so that's pretty far. There's only 113 minutes in that movie, but we uh, if you haven't heard of that, that is... The, mo- the podcast where we cover every 60 seconds of the movie City Slickers uh, in a, you know, 15 or so minute podcast episode. It's very fun and funny. And uh, Byron and I and my co-host over there, uh, um, we we went and reenacted the movie City Slickers, at least for a couple of days down there in Colorado and... and uh, no, it was in New Virginia, Mexico. But that's not related at we all in, uh, in New Mexico. That's right. New Mexico. Uh, so yeah, so you should check that out. But then uh, I will I will speak for Ward and say that at the Parkway, of course, uh, with this whole coronavirus, things are the theater is not opening, but there's still virtual screenings going on and uh, ways that you can help and contribute. One of those is to go to well, all of those are to go to the theater.com and buy a gift card. Eventually, it'll be good to use, and I will yes. see you down there. Um, you can also check out the new page they've set up. That's a bunch of custom cocktail recipes and fun pictures that are taken uh, by the staff and crew that work the bar at the theater. I highly recommend those. Uh, let me see if I can just find one that I would definitely drink right now if I had it in my hand. Ah, the Griswold. I just watched <laughs> National Lampoon's Vacation recently. I would definitely go with ah, the Griswold. Sounds good. Perfect. Oh, uh, let me take. Mm. It's a, uh, it's grand old bourbon. Yeah, you find one too. While I uh, yeah. while I what's give the, you another recommendation, Byron. Uh, so the Griswold, well, I'll tell you that uh, a Griswold is one ounce of old granddad bourbon, a three-quarter ounce of rhubarb simple syrup, and two dash of two dashes of orange bitters. Now you just uh, mix that all up and stir it with ice and strain it into a lowball glass with a garnish of uh, orange peel and cherry. It looks amazing. It looks like fit for uh, Clark W. Griswold himself. All right, I got one, but Very this beautiful. is kind of cheating. Uh, if you scroll down the page, uh, it's going to be planes, okay. trains, and automobiles. Ah, uh, yeah, nice one. Might know me. Uh, I enjoy a, uh, I enjoy hams while we're drink while we're talking about the podcast. And every time when I go to the Parkway Theater, I always get a hams. So that's kind of cheating for me. Is just getting a hams out of there in a roadside pie. <laughs> hams in a roadside pie. That's excellent. I love the yes, picture on that one. We have some really so good classy. cocktails here. I'm scrolling through all uh, of them. There's so, a, ooh, there's a, I'm 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 liking the whole presentation of Dazed and Confused too and Oh, the Die Hard one where they actually do the different uh they show it like it's in the air duct. Uh-huh. Yep, that's awesome. I'm going to make one more recommendation here before we sign off and I'm going to do that uh uh I'm going to say that on on uh, July 31st here, a couple days, there's going to be a 24-hour screening, 24-hour movie event, okay, of the Lake Michigan Monster movie. 
and uh, it looks very interesting, looks comedic, and uh, everyone should really check that out. You got to get your tickets pre-order now, and then you can watch it uh, on 731. So go over to parkwaytheater.com and get your tickets for this or any other good movie, and uh, and yeah, we encourage you to support the theater while uh, while we're still all quarantining from home yes. but we hope to see you all there soon so for byron uh i am matt with no ward tonight that's fine we'll see him next time but but uh we'll see we'll see you all next time too and very soon down at the theater have a good one <laughs>